Welcome. This is Shapes and Surfaces. I'm Jana. I'm Naya. I'm Lauren. I'm Olivia. And I'm Ev. We are from the Girls Talk Math Enrichment Program, and we have decided to study the topic of surface classification. That is, what is a surface? What is a boundary? How can we answer these questions? To help us search for these answers, we've decided to look to Karen Ullenbeck. Professor Karen Ullenbeck is a female mathematician who's made great strides in the field of modern geometric analysis, who we will be discussing in depth during this podcast. Professor Karen Ullenbeck is a famous mathematician in the 21st century. She does research in geometry. She's the one of the founder of geometric analysis. It's a discipline that uses differential geometry to study the solution of differential equation and she also impacts with her work mathematical physics. Professor Lambeck is a mathematician but she was also a role model and a strong advocate for gender equality and sciences. To explain Karen Ullenbeck's early life, she was born on August 24th, 1942, in Cleveland, Ohio. She moved around frequently because her father was an engineer while her mother was a school teacher and an artist. My mother uh, actually stayed home when I was a child, and I do remember that she used to paint every day on Thursdays. And my father was an engineer, and actually he did not really enjoy his job, so uh, I was not tempted to get the kind of job my father had. In a few words, she could say that her mother and her father had contrasting professions. Not only this, but she was the oldest of four siblings, which she found to be a challenge. I suppose I learned responsibility. I found that dealing with my siblings uh, very difficult. I never, I always found it a relief when I got older and I had graduate students. It was so much easier to deal with than my siblings. She often found herself working in solitude, but her love for mathematics developed much later in life. Well, I wasn't very interested in math when I was younger. I was I was interested in science, and um, I, I think the fact that uh, my father would read books on astronomy and so forth out of the public library, that I also read those books. So um, uh, I, I don't know how heavily it influenced me specifically, but it was more the general intellectual uh, surrounding. At a young age, she indulged in reading. She often read murder mysteries and non-fiction scientific works. She was always reading, visiting the library, and even reading the science journals on astrophysics her father brought home. Yeah, I read a lot. I read every, a whole lot of stuff. I remember reading specifically when I was very young. There was a series of books on biographies of famous people in the United States. And lots of other people in my age that I met remember those little biography books. And we learned read a lot of them. That was when I was younger. I, I was By the time I was in high school, I was reading uh, Russian novels under my desk in history class. Throughout high school, mathematics e was easy to own back, but her desire to study physics followed her into her first years of college. Having inspired high in high school by the writings of great physicists such as Fred Hoyle and George Gamow, she enrolled at the F University of Michigan, initially planning to major in physics. 
However, she soon discovered that the intellectual challenge of pure mathematics was what really excited her. It also meant that she didn't have to do any lab work, which she disliked. I found lab partners hard to deal with. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember having had a, a good lab partner. Professor Ulenbeck was admitted to the University of Michigan with the intention of studying physics, but a combination of studying exciting mathematics courses and finding that physics particles were not a strong point led her to change to mathematics. In her junior year of undergrad, Karen Ulenbeck was given the opportunity to study abroad. She spent that year in Munich, Germany. In that year, she learned to speak German, listen to German teachers, but most importantly, noticed the differences between her American professor and her German professor. I spent my junior year in Germany, which was a very interesting experience. The lectures were completely different and it was a completely different experience, but mm -hmm. I still liked the mathematics. She spent time learning to ski and developed a love for opera and theater. She was awarded a B.S. in mathematics in 1964. Then she continued her graduate studies at current Institute of Mathematical Sciences at New York University. There she met her, her first husband, who is a biophysicist, and she decided to follow him through his Ph.D. So, she entered Brandeis University and was awarded a master's degree in 1966. She, she remained at Brandeis University and then, in 1968, under the supervision of Richard Pollet, she was awarded a PhD. For this, she worked the calculus of variation and global analysis. Richard Pollet is a mathematician who introduced the principle of symmetric criticality, the Mostow-Pollet theorem, the Lee-Pollet theorem, the Morse-Pollet lemma, and the Pollet-Smale compactness condition. Well, I mean, he was one of the people who did some of the basic work in it. There's a, there's a, there's a condition in, in doing the calculus of variations called the Pollet-Smale condition, and he's the Pollet and in the polysmale condition. So he was actually very instrumental in, 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 this, in, in, in the foundations of global analysis. Finished with her status as a student and with a PhD in her pocket, Professor Erlenbeck began her professional career in mathematics. Around this time, the United States was dealing with the Vietnam War and the women's movement was gaining momentum. But she has described her life as complicated and chaotic apart from the United States' daily events. Lots of things happened. I've had a very complicated life. When I was a graduate, when I was a postdoc in the University of California, it was in the middle of the Vietnam War. There was also a lot of going on in the second uh, movement of feminism in the United States. So a lot of different things happened. And um, and then I moved around a bit, got to different jobs. I got left my husband and uh, 
I got another husband and moved around a lot. My only comment was is that I continued. I, I'm very struck by the fact that I continued to do uh, have to work very hard in mathematics and, and to do interesting mathematics during uh, a very complicated life doing lots of other things. She spent one year at the Michigan Institute of Technology and two years at the University of California, Berkeley, where she was able to continue her research on global and geometric analysis. You just go along. It's only looking back over my career do I realize I was there at the right time in the right place and I learned the right things. But these jobs proved to be temporary. During this time, her husband, Oak Ullenbeck, was finishing his Ph.D., and when he graduated, the places that seek to hire him were not so inviting to her. Princeton and Stanford at the same time were not interested in hiring women to teach their students. But the University of Illinois' Champaign-Urbana hired Ullenbeck, and her husband was able to come along. In an interview found in S. Ambrose's Journeys of Women in Sciences and Engineering, No Universal Constants, she mentions that she wasn't exactly fond of Champaign-Urbana because she felt out of place mathematically and socially. Around this time, her husband and her decided to begin new paths, ultimately making the decision to split up. Her path moved from Champaign-Urbana and saw her start a new job in 1976 at the University of Illinois, the city, in her words, freedom. Leaving Champaign-Urbana became a turning point in her life as she had to create new communities as a single woman. Female mentors such as Vera Pless and friends like Louis Hayes helped Karen Uhlenbeck make this transition. At the beginning of her time at the University of Illinois, Chicago, Karen Uhlenbeck received a Sloan Fellowship. The Sloan Fellowship is a fellowship given to provide support and recognition to early career scientists and scholars. She is quoted describing getting this fellowship as a big difference to her during this period. She said that this isn't a game, that studying mathematics and going along and doing the next step is for real. And if you didn't have a way to support yourself, you would be in a very interesting position. Additionally, she received the MacArthur Fellowship in 1983. The significance of her research lies not only in its particular results, but also in bringing together of important ideas and techniques from differential geometry analysis and mathematical physics. Uhlenbeck's mathematical proofs have contributed to this discovery by topologists of a new four-dimensional space-time. She spent a total of seven years at the University of Illinois, Chicago, where she received several opportunities to research, including at the University of California, Berkeley, the Institute for Advanced Study at Princeton, the New Mathematics Research Institute at Berkeley, and Harvard University. The Institute for Advanced Study at Princeton brought her in contact with Xing Tong Yo, Rick Shohan, and Leon Simon. Xing Tong Yo and Ulenbeck would eventually form a strong friendship. Probably the most important uh, person in my career after my thesis advisor was Xing Chung Yao. That sort of basically founded a whole branch of new mathematics. And uh, uh, I was a little older than he was, but I was doing the kind of mathematics he was interested in uh, when he started doing it. Uh, my relationship and friendship with him has been important over the years. In 1987, Uhlenbeck was appointed Emeritus Professor at the University of Texas at Austin, where she increased her understanding of physics in studies with American physicist Steven Weinberg. 
For more than three decades at the University of Texas, Karen Uhlenbeck conducted research that revolutionized geometric analysis and mathematics as a whole, said President Gregory L. Fenz. In 1988, she was appointed to the Sid W. Richardson Foundation Regents Chair in Mathematics at the University of Texas at Austin. Around this time in 1988, Karen Uhlenbeck got remarried. Robert F. Williams, her husband, was also a mathematician and shared her love for math and learning. Well, I, I, there were other women in my math mm-hmm. classes. Um, uh, I, I found, uh, you know, mathematics was an escape for me from real life. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I actually, I, I didn't notice so much the uh, lack of women uh, mm-hmm. until it became an issue later on in my career. In general, she is one of the founders of geometric analysis. I think it's pretty easy um, to, to describe. I mean, it's taken me a long time to try to figure out what it, what mm-hmm. it is. You see, uh, if you look back at uh, early uh, 20th century and 19th century mathematics, um, there were things as partial differential equations and ordinary differential equations, which basically always seemed like complicated formulas. Yeah. Uh, that is, complicated formulas for things. And uh, and uh, so the, the papers were written in a certain style with lots of indices and lots of conditions and so forth. Well, mm-hmm. right about in the mid-century, there were uh, there uh, uh, it was discovered that there were things called in the, well, people knew that uh, part of this idea of how to solve just classical function theories uh, uh, was to introduce uh, infinite dimensional vector spaces called Hilbert spaces or Bonnock spaces okay. and to actually solve equations using Hilbert spaces and Bonnock spaces. But So this was already very important in uh, working on the problems of the early 20th century mathematics. It's something you have to do in quantum mechanics. That mm-hmm. You have to actually think of of waves as points in an infinite dimensional vector space, or uh, and so in quantum mechanics, you see the relation between waves and vectors uh, appearing all the time. That's too uh, so. It, it was very important in mathematics, but actually, what happened in the century is people discovered that you could actually formulate formulate a lot of important uh, nonlinear problems in mathematics using mm-hmm. um, the concept of infinite dimensional math. And so instead of these complicated formulas, you just got a a vector field or on an infinite dimensional manifold, yes, or you just got a map from from one infinite dimensional manifold to another infinite dimensional manifold. And instead of thinking of these things as very complicated formulas, you could think of them as points in a very complicated space. And this very much simplifies uh, conceptually a lot of the problems in nonlinear analysis. She is quoted as saying, I find that I am bored with anything I understand. My excuse is that I am too poor an expositor to want to spend time on formal matters. As of now, Professor Uhlenbeck has been retired since 2014, but continues to do math recreationally and is currently a visitor at the Institute for Advanced Study at Princeton. 
Other than geometric analysis and her work under Dick Palace, Uhlenbeck has also worked with geometry and quantum field theory. Quantum field theory is a mathematical and conceptual framework for contemporary elementary particle physics. According to the Encyclopedia of Britannica, the gauge theory is a mathematical theory involving both quantum mechanics and Einstein's special theory of relativity that is commonly used to describe subatomic particles and their associated wave fields. Uhlenbeck's work on the gauge theory resulted her in a place in the No Other Lecture, a lecture series featuring women who have made fundamental and sustained contributions to mathematical sciences. Professors Uhlenbeck for her topic was moment maps in stable bundles where an analysis, algebra, and topology meet. Throughout her career, she also received several awards and fellows for her huge contributions in geometric analysis. In 2000, she received the National Medal of Science in the Mathematics and Computer Science field. This medal was awarded to Professor Uhlenbeck for her passionate leadership and involvement in helping other women in the math field. Most recently, she received the Abel Prize, an award given to Professor Uhlenbeck for her dramatic contributions to mathematics in the past four decades. Her contributions include her studies in the integratable systems, minimal surfaces, and other topics relating to geometric analysis. Professor Uhlenbeck is also the first woman to receive this honor since its debut in 2003. I guess it's a big responsibility. I, I, it's not, uh, it, it's not... Uh, it's a big responsibility. Um, uh, it, it, you understand this was for work I did 30, 40 years ago. And so, uh, and I did get some, I've gotten recognition for it over the years. So it's a big surprise because I'm not doing a lot of mathematics right now. And I'm not very involved in the math community. Uh, but um, uh, it's also true that uh, one can understand um, exactly uh why it's about now that um, in my generation that uh, you would expect a woman, given the change in the laws throughout the, the world, actually, uh, in the status of women, that right about now would be when you would, might expect to have um, uh, a woman in the, receive this award. They all seem pleased. I don't know that my family doesn't, most of it doesn't mean too much to them, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, I have to say that um, just observably the people who are really the happiest about the, the Avalt Prize are uh, the, the, my women, uh, my, my younger women mentees who are in their 50s or 60s and now, and uh, for that, you know, uh, overall for, for women, uh, it's been... Uh, the last 50 years has been uh, not so easy for many people. And, uh, many, and so I find that many women, especially in their 50s and 60s, are very pleased for me. Professor Uhlenbeck's thirst for knowledge was a huge influence to her career. She ignored the prejudices of female professors at the time and thought of herself as equal to her male co-workers. Although she had to face some uncomfortable times, like her time at the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, she ended up thriving in the University of Texas in Austin. 
A big moral that her success teaches us is to not settle for what you are uncomfortable with and always to keep searching until you absolutely love what you're doing. This has been Shapes and Surfaces. Thank you for joining us. Signing off, I'm Jana. I'm Naya. I'm Lauren. I'm Olivia. And I'm Ev. Goodbye. smart every equation you do is a form of art it's time to get together fly a rocket build a house and control the weather with math 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 yes who here likes math is not a man you could be a female mathematician